this is where we talk about uh, my history of music, uh, just things I remember, things we like to touch on. Um, we, 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 we have all different kinds of subjects that we talk about every week. This particular week, uh, Joe brought up the idea to me of having uh, a one about Kiss, an episode of Kiss. So I thought about Kiss, and I talked to Dylan about this. I said, you know, Kiss is so... There's so much to talk about. So if we were actually to do like kiss, kiss, like the history and the, all that good stuff, you'd have to you'd have to take more than 30 minutes. And also, not only would you need more than 30 minutes, but also it is uh, a lot of information that we'd be sharing with you is stuff you already know, uh, stuff other kiss fanatics have have known the whole time that they are the whole time. Oh, there you are. I've got to get used to the camera. Hello, everybody. Yeah, got to get used to uh, having the camera on. We're in the studio now, so it's not just a podcast anymore. It's a podcast and a YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's been run into the ground. You talk about KISS, so the history of them, the members, all that kind of stuff. But today we kind of base the show around uh, something that's happened current. So the most current thing that happened was uh, Paul Stanley released a new album. I believe he's got like a 10-piece backup band with him. He's doing old 70s stuff. So he's doing stuff from Smokey Robinson. He's doing stuff from the OJs. And uh, he's doing Marvin Gaye. And then he's doing uh, 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 the song. Ooh, Joe, who does that song? Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Ooh, I child. couldn't remember. Oh, man, I used to know this. I don't remember. So that I found out this morning. That is Sir Rick's favorite cut off the album. Yeah, I can tell you I feel uncomfortable when Paul's singing that, and I don't know what it was, but uh, I felt dirty. I, I went, I, I caught myself, I caught myself in the shower in the corner in the fetal position, and and that's not easy when you're as fat as I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we talked about this yesterday with Rick, and of course me and Dylan and, and yourself, Joe. We've been texting back and forth, you know, just talk, what what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about uh, exactly? What are we talking about and it needs some lights just telling us. Yeah, see, that was an idea and that got uh got changed. We're talking business. Let's get yeah, back we're on talking subject. Business, yep. So uh yeah, we talked about what uh uh the, the album, the song and stuff. So I did send a clip of the video yesterday to Rick and I watched a little bit myself over the last two or three weeks. They've been really pushing this what, thing. What 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 was the video? It was that song, that that song it was Ooh, okay. Child, things are gonna get you, whatever. And it was that was, Well as for as for my history. Rick did his homework and I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I did not do the homework assignment. Well, he watched it and then I found out this morning that he felt very uncomfortable with the, the video of Paul singing that song. And I thought, I just love the song. Rick said, well, I, you know, the song's good. I like the song, but I don't like Paul singing it to me. I'm not going to lie. I uh, <laughs> I heard it and um, I don't know how I feel about Paul singing that either. I don't know. It just felt off. And I'm not going to lie. He's looking pretty rough without his makeup on lately. I, I don't know if you guys saw all that plastic surgery and stuff. The guy's, yeah, the guy's going I through it right now. Pictures, yeah. He's, he's well, how, going through that. How old is he, Joe? Is he seventy? Oh, he's got to be easily in his seventies. Easily, yeah. easily, yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. what a wig, though. I love that hair. Yeah. <laughs> hey joe if you go to the youtube channel you'll know you're seeing the right one if you see now there's two views on it me and dylan you'll be the third view on that uh video so <laughs> okay i'll check that out i have a feeling i'm being insulted here but okay no he's just saying that nobody's watching it but the, these two guys in here with me they're the only two oh. people. it's the it's the least viewed video on youtube right now 
I'm glad to be part of it. So so I got excited when I saw it was up for sale this weekend, and I went ahead and ordered the deluxe version. It's going to come with two purple vinyl discs and some other stuff inside, which, you know, Kiss are known for their packaging, and Paul's kept that that dream alive. So I spent 45 bucks on it. It should be here pretty soon. I hope I'm not uncomfortable. $45 worth of uncomfortable when it arrives. Hey, man. Have you heard the album yet? Is it even out yet? There's a list of songs. I saw the list of, of tracks, and they're they're very good songs. I mean, they're all based around that same time period. In theory, but, yes. Yeah. Um, the the Marvin Gaye song is on there. Um, Which one? Um, not heard it through the grapevine. What's the other hit song Marvin Gaye had? He had a lot. Let's, what's going on? Let's. let's uh, what's going on? Yeah, what's he did. Going what's on? going nice. on? Yeah. So that so that should be that should be pretty good, I think. But yeah, so so when we talk about Kiss, I mean, let's go back in history first of all, and go back to. The very first time we ever even heard of Kiss, you know, I think uh, I was in the, I was in the fifth or sixth grade, I believe. Actually, I know I, I was. I was in the sixth grade. Uh, I was going to Knight Elementary School, and I don't think I had any records yet. I didn't have their albums yet. This is pre-album buying days, and uh, they were on the Paul Lynn show, the Halloween special, and they came out and they did did Detroit Rock City. I'm pretty sure on the Paul Lynn Halloween special, which was on a Friday night. And it was like, that's the first time I think America got to see Kiss. It was kind of like uh, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan was what that was like. Yeah, a yeah. little bit, except you had, uh, you know, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. You had Gene Simmons saying, I am evil incarnate and yeah. all of that. So it's like, you know. They were really pushing the envelope. They were, they were pushing it a little bit. They were like, on one hand, you have the Beatles. On the other hand, you have Gene Simmons. <laughs> and you know, and, and, and Kiss was up. It's not like he said we're bigger than God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Kiss was influenced by the Beatles big time. So, I mean, the Beatles were just as, their haircuts were just as, you know, scary to parents as Kiss was to parents by the time 76 or 75 rolled around. For sure. For sure. So, then you go start buying albums. When I was in the seventh grade, uh, I believe the first album I bought, correct me if I'm wrong, was Destroyer, Joe. Was that right? Oh, yeah. Definitely Destroyer. And you bought Destroyer, and I became addicted to the cover of that album. Oh, yeah. And obsessed with it as well. I don't know how many times I drew that thing. And then you uh, got Kiss Alive. Kiss Alive, Alive was the one that really pushed them out, too, was because they were just known for their live performances. I mean, they were doing crazy stuff. Gene Simmons had already set his hair on fire once up to that release of the album. I think it was 1973 was the first time he set his hair on fire. So um, just, <laughs> I love watching video of that. Yeah, and it was... He just, he just acts like there's nothing happening, and he's just his hair's on fire. Oh yeah, that's um a lot of drugs, but you know what? They 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 got no, through. No, Gene it. wasn't a drug guy. Really? Gene's yeah. not a drug. Nah. I thought no. I thought Gene was like the partier no, of kids. Oh, oh no. Okay. He's absolute zero tolerance for that. That's why his so, somebody of the band members never made it or he w- wouldn't even perform yeah. or Gene Gene and Paul Stanley both. They just didn't do drugs. They weren't into that. No, they took care of themselves really big, big time. Yeah, good for them. Believe it or not. So, I mean, look at them. They look great, right? Yeah, yeah. Paul looks great on the front of that album. Just think if they would have done drugs. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So uh, they look more like me. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you, Jim? Yeah. Hey, I'm getting to seventy. Yeah. So so Kiss Alive also opened doors for the double album set business. So before that, there wasn't a lot of you go to the store and buy two albums in one set. Okay. And when they did that and it broke all the record sales, now who comes behind them? You got Peter Frampton doing the same thing. Yep. A bunch of Ted people, Nugent. Ted Nugent. Everybody was putting out a double live album. Ben Lizzie. Who? Ben Lizzie. 
and Lizzie. Yeah, I mean, every, it was yeah. just it was it was just commonplace. But before that, record companies would throw a fit, saying, "There's no way we're spending that kind of money putting out that package." And then once Kiss yeah. did it against against all odds, they were told it's not going to work, and they're like at their last straw. It's like this is we've already put out three albums. They're done okay, but we're getting ready to lose a record deal. And they put the double album out against everybody's advice, and it just blew up from there. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have money to make an album, a, a, a fourth album. So they were like, all we can do right now is put out this live album and hope it works, because that's all we have left, because the record company didn't have money to do it. Yeah, and it also so, saved Casablanca, a uh, record yeah. company. Like, that yeah, album really kind of researched the entire the yeah. entire company and then they were able and to then they became a disco label yeah yeah, yeah. 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 donna summer they signed. did that's where they made all their money yeah. yeah donna summer signed with them after that so they were in casablanca together and uh the band the village angel, people angel village people yeah all those bands i mean that that kind of launched the record company and, and went out and signed a bunch of other artists of course i think the they're long gone now after Bill Alcoin passed away. He, uh, the, the the company went in the tubes. Uh, Neil Bogart. Neil, Neil Bogart, Bogart, yeah. And they were always, yeah. I think they were always on the edge of going out of business yeah. anyway. They're just doing everything they can to stay alive. And Kiss was the main, you know, the main guy, the main contributors to to the uh, money machine that, that was Casablanca Records. And then Kiss eventually left Casablanca and went on their own. Uh, I don't know, who, who, who are they with, Joe? Or Arista or somebody? They went with somebody... After that, then uh, they went to Mercury. Mercury, that's right. Yep, Mercury. Yeah, Mercury Records. Yeah. So speaking of Mercury Records, and probably one of the first albums that they put out with Mercury was the Animalize album. Now, this was the first album I think without makeup. Is that right? Lick it up. Lick it up was the first. And album. it was on Mercury. That was the first one they did on Mercury, and it was without the makeup. Okay. And then, and then I think the next time, the next album after that was probably Animalize. So it was that same yeah. time period. It was the eighties. They were competing yeah. with the long-haired, good-looking rocker guys, and nobody wanted to see the guys in the black leather, the makeup anymore. So as that, as Rick likes to put it, that was my week in college. That that was that week. <laughs> that was yeah, that, that week. week. We're gonna have to do a show about that week. <laughs> it was a long week, week, man. A lot of stuff happened. <laughs> that was a heck of a week, man. There's a lot to put in that episode. Well, and that was and that was actually Animalized Tour was the first time I saw Kiss. So here's a kid that grew up listening to Kiss from the time he was in the fifth grade. I mean, junior high. High school, never got to see him. Many opportunities. Uh, things just didn't work out where I got to see Kiss, so I never did. And I was telling Dylan yesterday, I said, you know, in, in all of my ticket stub collection that I have, I don't have one Kiss ticket stub. Isn't that something else? That's that's crazy that's to think crazy. about. It is yeah. amazing to think that, like, you never saw Kiss until they were without makeup. I never saw Kiss until they were without makeup, and then I saw them two times. I saw them on that Animalized tour, and that was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I believe Wasp opened up for them, so that made it a great show. It was a lot of fun that night. Yeah. And then uh, the next time I saw them was in Kansas, uh, at Wichita, Kansas, the Coliseum. <laughs> and and now they were, and now they're now they're kind of going downhill. The makeup thing, the not not wearing the makeup thing, is isn't helping anymore. It helped for a little bit, and now it's gone away. So now, now they're starting to wrinkle a little yeah. bit and everybody's like, oh, man, put the makeup back on, put yes. it back on. So I walked in the Coliseum that night for the concert. And uh, I think this was the Hot in the Shade tour. Does that sound right, Joe? Yeah, that sounds yeah. With the par- yeah. pyramid on the front or whatever it was. And, yeah. and this is one of the first times I'd ever seen this. I'd seen it several times, but I walked in the Coliseum and the stage was set up in the middle of the arena. And the whole back half was empty because they didn't sell enough tickets to, to fill the place up. Whoa. So they made it look crowded by... Moving the stage up. I thought, yeah. what is going on here? And yeah, it's just like, I mean, for me, I enjoyed the show and everything. And it was Kiss, obviously. But yeah, not to have a full crowd and all that kind of stuff. Just And the show was very minimal when it comes to their shows. It used to be so big and bombastic. This one kind of scaled back a little bit. 
But uh, luckily, uh, things come full circle. And in uh, 96, 97, the original members got back together. Uh, they went on what they call the Worldwide Reunion Tour. And I got to see that in Wichita, Kansas, thanks to my friend uh, Les Cooley. Uh, Les called me up the day of the show, actually, and I remember because it was a Tuesday. Yes. It was a Tuesday, and Tuesday was my, always my day off in the restaurant business. I was off on Tuesdays, sometimes Monday and Tuesday, but usually Tuesday. Les called me in the afternoon. Said, "Big Mike, what you doing?" I said, "Hey, Les, what's going on?" He said, "You going on the show tonight?" I said, "What show?" He said, "Kiss." I said, "Dude, I'm not going to go pay forty bucks to see Kiss." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, dude. You're. He, he didn't say this word. He said, "Yeah, I know. You're messing up." But he didn't. You're messing he, up. He didn't use the word messing. He said, "If you don't go, you're messing up." And I said, "Oh Classic man, Wes. yeah, you're right." And I said, "Yeah, I don't know, man. I, don't, I really don't know." And uh, I got off the phone and I thought about it. I thought about. It. I said, "You know, I'm gonna call Les back." I said, "Yeah, come pick me up. We're going." So we went. I'm gonna tell you what to see the original four band members with makeup in the full show. I mean, big time full show. Um, every song I, I, I stood on my feet the whole time we had seats up in the stands we had seats I stood up for the whole show never sat down once and sang every word to every song at the top of my lungs and I think all the people around me were doing the same exact thing and this was like I said 90, 96, 97 um, yep. so I was, in my, I was in my early 30s something like that you know and I didn't care. I got every bit of that forty dollars worth out of out of that. Who opened that show? You know, I don't even know that anybody. I don't even know that anybody did open the show. Um, Allison Chains opened the one in Portland when they did that. You know, I should. Know. That's why I was wondering. I should know that. I heard. I, I think it might have been Aerosmith actually. That yeah, I mean, that 90, was a thing too. I, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. I know they toured with them. I didn't know. That yeah, they, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, uh, recently as. The, before the COVID hit, they were on tour with uh, David Lee Roth was opening up for them. So they've had they've toured with Motley Crue. They've done some big big tours, and I was looking in their history of uh, of their actual tours and and things they've done and everything. Um, those guys started. They've been on the road since 1970. Wow, and That's... and and they still have plans to tour next year once the COVID thing lifts. So, yeah, because they were concluding their final tour, I think, yeah, before it's supposed COVID. to be the last one. Yeah, they had started it in 2019, and it was set to conclude last year, but unfortunate. Apparently, it's going to be pushed all the way into 2022. So from far, what I've been reading, the farewell tour, or yeah, whatever the they're great calling farewell it, tour, still, or something. It's still not finalized yet. So, uh, yeah, we just wanted to talk about Kiss today. A little bit of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> A little bit of that stuff. When I was talking to Dylan yesterday about it, we were talking about the characters, the people, and we were talking about the solo album. So I saw some text messages between you guys, and we were talking about who sold the most when the solo albums came out. That was 1978, and the record company. Well, the guys, I think, I think their their album history kind of tells their real story. So you put the four solo albums out because they were all getting on each other's nerves. You know. Well, also it was built into their contract that they had to do four solo albums. Um, all of them had to go out and do their own solo album as well. So that was a so that was a way out. It was a way out. It was it was it was an exit on the highway. Yeah, for all the members of Kiss. Yeah, so they all kind of went their separate ways for a little bit. The four albums came out, and then it's like who's who's selling the best? Who's whose album is good? And I can tell you from you know me and Joe growing up, they were a band. They were a group. You liked all four guys. You liked to see all four of them together doing their thing. But then everybody had their own character that they liked the best. I was always the Paul Stanley guy. Joe was always the Ace Fraley guy. It's because it's because Ace was the coolest one for sure. Yeah. Not even didn't you didn't you make a comment that you were the Peter Chris guy? Chris the Cat. You like the drummer? Yeah, I did like Chris the Cat. Actually, yeah. Chris the Cat was. I think that cool. I think that was Ricky's deal too. 
Peter Chris, Rick, is that your deal or? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I think it had to been Peter Chris. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it. I think it was. I think Peter Chris had the had the for the simplest, coolest makeup. Man, that, that was, yeah, for sure. His. He had the cool. Oh, he always had the cool leather pants too. That like I don't know. He always looked cool. Yeah, but I was an ace friendly guy for sure. So, so Dylan, do you know Peter Chris's real name? Do you know all the guys' real I, names? I don't know all their real names. So all four, of their, all four of their names, are these are stage names. Though, oh, so. the stage names. It's like Catman, the no, Spaceman. No, I mean the real names on their birth certificates. Oh, no, I don't. Okay, no. so so Peter Chris is actually, his name is, he's he's Italian, I believe. His name is Peter Chris Cola. They shortened it for his career. Uh, Mr. Fraley is not Ace Fraley. His name is Paul Fraley. Hmm. And you can't have two Pauls in the band, so Stanley Eisen, or... Stanley Eisen, after Paul changed his name, changed his from Stanley Eisen to Paul Stanley. So Stanley and Gene are both of the Jewish descent, I believe. Yep. Gene's name is Gene Klein. He changed it to Gene Simmons. <laughs> Gene so, Klein yeah, doesn't exactly okay. have the same ring. Now, that's even a short for his real name. Gene oh. Klein, it's something, there's another name, and I don't know what it is, but if you look it up, it's not Gene Klein. It's like five syllables or something like that. Yeah. That's oh, a really long and name. And Gene's not his real first name either. It's something that says Hyman or something. Yeah. His, his, his mom used to say uh, it yeah, on the TV Hi-Am. show. Hyam. Yeah. Yeah. My Hyam. I love my Hyam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they all changed their names. So that's that's the real the real names of the real and guys. His, his mom seems really cool when I watched that DVD that you gave me. Yeah. Like his, his mom seems awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, that that, that whole, that whole uh, uh, what was the name of the show? Gene Simmons Family Jewels. That whole show yeah. was that, that, that whole show that was, was great. It was really good, especially when he went back to uh, Israel or whatever to find like his family yeah. that that you know his his dad had made a mess of the family and everything. And he went back and met some people he never thought he'd meet before. That was pretty cool too. Well, this may not be too popular, but I always liked how he would come across as kind of aloof, like not understanding a lot of like normal things because mm-hmm. he's so above stuff. I guess you'd say like he's just like his kids would just make him like dad. You're, being stupid stop <laughs> it was fun to see him get made fun of you think that was an act joe <laughs> Probably. Nothing, with, nothing with jeans everything with jeans and act. yeah so i mean kind of in a way look forward to the wrap-up of kiss i mean you can't do that stuff forever and i saw some pictures of the most recent tour that stage is humongous it has to be They're it's a farewell tour stuff. it's a farewell tour yeah. you have to bring out all the stops so with that being said, uh, we're going to wrap the show up and uh, we'll look forward to talking to everybody again next week. Um, I can tell you that I am looking forward to the arrival of my Soul Station albums and my collection from Paul Stanley. you got to let us know how it is. I'm sure you're going to like it. I, I, I'm going to have to listen to it myself to really make an opinion on that because I just yeah. I just can't. Well, I can't see it. I think it's one of those things you just you really have to be a Paul Stanley fan or you have to be. Uh, two things for me. I'm a Paul Stanley fan, and I'm a fan of that era of music because I grew up with that. Listen to that on the AM radio station. You know, Paul, you know Paul Fig that we uh, spoke to on this program. He did some work with Paul Stanley, and I think he did some work on that album. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I have to look that up. Yeah, so look on there when you see it. Just see if uh, his name's on there anywhere. I think too. One of the drummers from Kiss is also on the band. The the current drummer is on there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. What's his name? Eric Singer. Eric, Eric Singer. Eric is Singer. Yeah. Eric Singer is a, a guy that used to play in. He's Bad, from Phoenix. He's from Phoenix. He used to play in a band called Badlands with uh, yeah. Greg Chase on and uh, Jakey e. Lee. Uh, what was the band he was in before that, though? I don't know, but he's been around for was a while. It, Craig used to go. Like Steeler? 
Is it Steeler? Eric Singer. I'll have to look it up. But Craig had an interesting story one time. This is way back in the day before Eric Singer was even considered to be in Kiss. Um, Craig Sweden used to practice a rehearsal space. They used to rent the same down the hallway from uh, the the Badlands group. Nice. So he so Craig's known Craig's known Eric Singer for I mean just knew him. Probably don't know him to this day anymore, but he knew Eric from going to rehearsal every day. So very cool. I always knew Eric's name just from Craig saying that. Oh yeah, Eric Singer. He's in Badlands, whatever. So I went and bought the Badlands CD. But anyway. Yeah, so Eric's got a long history, but he is playing in the band. A lot of the other guys in the band, I don't know, but I know Paul has a lot of relationships with a lot of musicians, producers, um, uh, songwriters out in that area that he's done w- work with over the years. His solo album, uh, to me, was one of the best. The Gene Simmons one was just kind of kind of campy. The Peter Chris one was kind of just uh, over there sitting in terrible. the corner. It was, <laughs> it was in the corner of the shower like Rick was this morning. Just didn't do didn't do a whole lot. And then Ace Fraley, of course, your favorite album. That was a pretty good album, but then we decided what? Ace was the biggest seller, right? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Top yeah, sales. Hands down. Uh, Gene will tell you his was. But... Yeah, which probably gave Ace the confidence to leave the band the first time. So uh, there you go. Well, when I when I was, uh, I worked at a bar in uh, New Orleans, and these guys that I worked with, they would play that. They would play that CD at work when they play, still played CDs at work. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved here, there's a guy that put it on the... Uh, the Spotify playlist at work where I where I'm at. I was like, wow, these kids they really like the Ace Fraley. Pretty cool. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you for joining us, Joe. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take All care. Right. Dylan, Thanks goodbye. So much. See ya. Bye bye. All right. Later.